Okay, well, welcome everybody again to the PLS 377 podcast. I uh, hope this finds you well. Um, and today I'll, as always, try to keep things short. And I just want to introduce uh, some of the key themes and topics we're going to be delving into this week in the class. Um, I think this is a really important week. Um, these first few weeks, we're trying to lay some groundwork. And I think this will help bring in a, a critical piece of the puzzle that we can draw upon as we move forward. And I think this week we can also already begin to draw upon some of the discussions we've had in the first few weeks of the course. And the topic for the week is thinking about, you know, where do ethics fit into all of this? I mean, ethics is fundamentally the question of what is right behavior? What should we do? Um, what is fair? What is just, right? These are Ancient questions, I mean, these are questions that, um, at least in the Western tradition, are, are famously picked up by thinkers like Plato um, or Socrates, and Plato as, as a voice of Socrates, um, in a sense, in some of his more famous dialogues. Um, the Republic by Plato is is about what an actual just society would look like, um, politically, economically, and socially, and it's a pretty radical view. We maybe talk about that in the class. Um uh, but, but rather than getting into the specifics of what Plato thought or, or what other people have thought, I mean, the point is that this is an enduring question. And in some ways, this is a question that lurks um, beneath all of the political and economic dialogues we have, particularly within a s system of democracy, right? That democracies are about citizens and then ultimately candidates or political parties or so forth advocating positions. And I think often it goes without saying, maybe it's kind of the underlying subtext. Sometimes it's explicitly stated, but the whole point is this is better for people. This is a better way to do things. This is fairer. This is more just. This is more right. Often progressive parties will say like, we should tax wealthier people and redistribute it to people who need more help or assistance um, in terms of education or other social programs or healthcare. And that is, you know, they, they often don't didn't use the specific terms of ethics, but what they're really saying is that's more fair. That's more just. That's more righteous. Sometimes, again, they do say that, but it's kind of an underlying pretext for the whole argument. And on the on the flip side, um, in many places, not everywhere, um, what we would call more conservative parties or right of center parties will say that tax burden should be minimized, that it is unjust to take people's salary more than is necessary, and that the burden that people pay in terms of various taxes should be kept to a minimum. Um, and that is more just because people can't should be able to keep as great a portion of their income from working as possible. And again, that is a version of what's just. And, and even if that means that there is less money for spending on other social programs, it's ultimately more fair to let people keep um, a higher percentage of their income and in taxes, right? So, I mean, this is, again, an, so think about that. That's an enduring political issue that stretches back centuries, if not millennia. And this is an enduring set of questions. And you, we can see how deeply they're integrated. Like, you, we can't talk about tax policy and, 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 you know, how much taxes should be collected, how should they be spent, what should they be spent on, without thinking about questions of ethics. And, that's not, and then we bring in this whole idea of economics and efficiency and scarcity, and, and that doesn't mean that there aren't limits. But I mean, in some ways, that is the question. Within the limits we have, what should we do? What is the fair thing to do? And and we already mentioned that you know there's a you know often a position by more conservative parties is people shouldn't be taxed more than necessary. 
that's an ethic right there. What do we mean by necessary? The you know, law enforcement and the justice system should be, I mean, we have a system of justice, right? In the United States, it's called the Justice Department. So what do we mean? What does it mean to carry out justice? How long should people go to jail? What should be the penalty for financial crimes if we're thinking in a political economy context? And, and I know I'm just, you know, kind of throwing a lot of examples out here, but I think just already just scratching the surface here, we can see that Questions of ethics, questions of fairness, questions of justice underlie almost all that we do in political economy, right? Because as I made a point earlier um, in the course, like thinking about the term efficiency, efficiency assumes some goal and goals ultimately involve ethics because goals are about what we should, what someone should do. And I think it's important to have this week because in the course and, and add this dynamic because I think often these ethical implications and and so forth are, are again as i mentioned like background but very very rarely um or if not enough make it into the foreground into direct conversation in our discussion of politics and economics more specifically and there's a lot of reasons for that but one i think is tied to things we talked about last week and we can point to max weber right that the process of what weber called rationalization and bureaucratization, making things very bureaucratic and rational, we, we discussed in, in, in Weber's kind of paradigm, are always tied to this notion of appropriateness, right? That, that there's some implicit or explicit designation of what is appropriate, and then rationalization takes place around that. And I think often we focus a lot on one side of Weber's equation, efficiency, rationalization, bureau, you know, creating bureaucracies, creating division of, of, of um, social and public functions for officials and, and so forth, without thinking of the other side of Weber's formulation about this notion of appropriate. And that what is appropriate or what is correct or what is considered normal are ultimately rooted in questions of ethics and values. And those things have to be debated and defended, um, particularly in a democratic society, um, you, at least ideally, right? And I think it's important to draw that out and make that subtext um, more explicit in our discussion and our thinking about political economy. And I'm, I'm hoping that's one of the things that this course brings to, you know, brings to you or offers to you. And, and um, you know, I don't want to I'm not trying to say like um, you know praise myself, I guess, but uh, in some ways though, I do think this would be something if you took a course on states and markets or political economy elsewhere, you might not you know have ethics brought into the mix, right? And and in some ways, there's this notion, and we can look at Machiavelli that we, we just should look at the world as it is, and we can't really apply moral codes or ethics to our understanding of the world. And I mean, I would argue that that itself is an ethical judgment. Right. There's no way around it. If we want to say, well, let's just keep people's politics out of it and let's let's just do what's rational. That's a that's a political maneuver. Um, and we can you know delve into that a little bit more in the class. Right. And so uh, there's no real way around it. And I think we, to close things out, I don't want to go on too long. There's a lot more I think we can say about this. And I really think it's going to be interesting. You guys have great discussions. So I'm interested to hear um, what you have to add to this conversation and what your thoughts are in the comments for this week, as well as our discussions in class um, next week. Uh, we maybe close out with a um, famous kind of dictum put down by great uh, philosopher of political economy and, and ethics and, and so forth, human behavior, uh, David Hume, 
who was a friend and contemporary of Adam Smith, who we've already encountered in the course, right? And Hume says that no amount of is's can ever supply you with an ought. And, and what he's getting at is that we all we can make as many observations about the world, and that's important. And I don't think Hume's dismissing that, but he said all of those observations, and, and we can collect all of them together, organize them, make you know. And we live in the era of big data, more than Hume could ever imagine. But that data cannot tell us what we ought to do, what we should do, right? And and for Hume, that's not he's not saying that as like a nihilism, like oh we just have to give up. But he's saying that we we can't rely, you know, that. Information about the world can maybe help us, right? Data can help us understand what the consequences of our choices are, right? So it's not like data and, and information is unimportant. It's, it's critical to making good decisions, of course. But I think what Hume is getting at is that ultimately, though, we're going to be often facing sets of trade-offs and what road we should take if we think about a trade-off as like a split in the road and whether to go right or left. If we think about that as like the ought question, Hume's going to say that we're going to hit those um, splits in the road and we're going to have to make our choices based on values. And those values, we can't conjure those out of data. We, we can use data to, we say, well, I have this value and I look at this data. And so the mix of my value and this data leads me to want to go left or the mixture of my values and this data leads me to want to go right. Um, or I can use this data to support why my value is a good idea. Of course, there's a relationship there, but I think Hume's point is still holds that the data itself cannot adjudicate ethical disputes. If it, if it could, I think we'd have a lot less political problems, right? Um, if we could, you know, if there was an algorithm or a computer program that could tell us the right ethical choice to make, I think we would. We would have, you know, I guess human human society would be a lot easier to govern, I guess. Um, but we don't. And I mean, we can see this in the context of, of the politics of the pandemic over the last year. Um, questions of issues of, of public health and keeping people separated um, to minimize spread versus the needs of people who run businesses and, and bars and restaurants and tourist industry and what have you, who need customers who are going to suffer economic difficulties as a result of this. You know, do you do you ultimately say, well, the, the pandemic and, and stopping the spread of the pandemic is important to save lives and to keep people safe. So we have to, you know, we have to make a choice to to make that hard decision. Or do you say, you know, we have to balance um, the needs of public health with the needs of these businesses. Well, that's an ethical choice. And and I think this is where we can draw back from Hume. Like we had a lot of data about the spread of the virus and about how it spread and, 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 you know, the likelihood of it causing um, severe disease and, and in um, the worst cases, death. And we had data about the effect it had on businesses. So there, we had all the information, but all that information and all we knew couldn't tell us what we should do, that we should lock everyone down or, or that we should allow more openness in terms of letting people make their own choices and you know, allowing businesses to run, or we should try to find some middle path, right? Which is often where people try to go towards, but even trying to find some middle path is going to lead you to another series of trade-offs and how far do you want to go, right? I mean, we end up with these interesting rules and I'm not criticizing them. I'm just think they're interesting. Like bars can stay open until eight. Oh, I mean, 
It's an interesting, you know, and I mean, is that right? Or is it better to just let bars run normally or should bars be closed altogether? Or is, is, but it's closing them at eight is kind of an interesting policy as well. But I think we can see that when we have to make decisions, we have to call upon some ethical faculty that all of the data, and that's kind of a big point, all of the data to use this example couldn't tell us what we should do. And I'm using just to keep the example the same, use about um, bars and izakai as being, people had to make ethical choices about what should be done. And that, I think, is an important frame and lens to always keep in mind as we continue to discuss politics and economics, political economy, the intersection of states and markets throughout you know history and, and into the present day, because these questions keep coming up. They've been coming up for thousands and thousands of years. They're going to continue to come up, and they're not going to ever present themselves with like two plus two equals four, right? Um, and, and that kind of tidy, clear, logical kind of conclusion that, that has a, a specific and, and unitary answer. Okay. Well, there's a whole lot more, I think, to discuss and talk about. I, I try to keep these you know, as short as possible. So I, hopefully I've given you enough fruit to, for thought and you can make comments and, and ask any questions. Um, as always, you can, of course, draw upon the readings, both the required and advanced readings for your comments and questions on Ames. Um, I look forward to seeing them. I look forward to seeing you in class next week. Have a great weekend. Thank you.